Hey guys, you're tapped into the Get Mental Podcast, sponsored by my friends over at Arts and Minds. I'm your host, Corey Aldridge, and on this podcast, I will be interviewing elite people, at least who I think are elite, athletes and non-athletes, to try to get to the bottom of what makes them elite. We're talking with one of my favorite guys on earth, one of the most positive people I've ever seen on the baseball field, Coach Ray all day, Ray Navarrete. Today's show will discuss fashion designer, a ex-baseball player, and now a financial advisor to athletes. And maybe a little bit of a story of how me and him knew each other's from all stories about when we played together. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'll... All right, man. All right. I'm good. I'm running around like a, a chicken without a head, Cora. It's out of control. Yeah. I see you out there looking busy. Well, first of all, welcome, welcome you to the Get Mental Podcast. Uh, you know me. I'm all about kind of the mental game right now. Baseball, regular life. I think, dude. Love some, it. Yeah, through some of the challenges we've all had, man. I'm, I'm learning. You kind of think a lot differently, man. Different things will happen, man. What have you been up to, man? Yeah. No, man. First of all, thanks for asking me to join. It's uh, I'm excited. I'm honored. This is great. Um, but like I was telling you, man, you know me, same old, um, same old Ray, just a little bit older, I guess. I'm running around New Jersey like a lunatic in a good way. Because I'm serious. Like, yeah, like 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 I know some serious grays. Um, like a lot of us, you know, I got I have a full time job, a full time career that a lot of people in baseball um don't know that I have. So I go yeah, from the office, and then I head over to the field or the cages. Um, you know, I have this whole coach Ray all day thing going, which is really cool and a lot of fun. And, uh, I just started my own travel organization with one of my best friends and that's growing. And, uh, as you know, I am a, a proud father of a three and a half year old daughter who's on the verge of turning 23 and a half. So yeah. things are crazy. <laughs> so how was the, uh, even doing the investment firm, man? How's it going? Yeah. Yeah, man. Thanks for asking. So, uh, yeah, so just quickly. So for people that don't know, uh, believe it or not, Coach Ray all day is Ray Navarrete. I am a uh, financial professional. I'm, I'm in the the financial planning wealth management space. Um, I, I never thought I'd say it, but I, I've completely fallen in love with it because honestly, Core, it's it's very similar to baseball coaching. Um, we're just coaching adults, right? Yeah. It, it's no, no different than one of your players coming to you and saying, Coach Corey, I need you to help me fix my swing. You know right away whether that kid's got five tools or one tool. He already took the first good step, which is, hey, Coach Corey, I need help. Um, the same is said for adults. A lot of times we think we're, we know what we're doing with our money or we think we have the right plan in place. And a lot of times it's because we're either stubborn, not open-minded, or we're just doing what mom and dad did. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And people that are willing to come in and say, I'm working hard. I'm making money. Even if it's not a lot, I want to do better than I have. Um, that's kind of the gig that I'm in. I'm, I'm just in the business of helping people uh, do better with their money. And what I'm most excited about is uh, I'm building out a sports division called the Players Plan, where I'm, I'm working yeah. with just with just uh, baseball players, baseball coaches, baseball families. Um, and uh, I'm excited about where that's going. So we're gonna have to talk about that too. I wanted to reach well, out to you about. It. We had a little conversation a while back ago about it. And I know I was really excited because that was the one thing that me and you talked about as, you know, coming up as baseball players, you don't get that information. Like yeah. I would, like now when I got drafted, I, mean, I was drafted at 17. And, you know, I always say, you know, rich parents have, you know, they, they train rich kids and poor parents train poor kids. And yeah. when you go into baseball, you get surrounded by a myriad of people. Mm-hmm. You get kids that come from money, you get kids that come from nothing, you get people that come from struggle, you get guys from Dominican and Venezuela and things like that. But I remember getting drafted and, you know, we had some kids that came from like wealthy families. Yeah. Conversations they were having with their signing bonuses and things like that were way different than what I was taught and what I was told. And yep. so it was really amazing, you know, when we had this first conversation about this, 
that that was one of the biggest things you were trying to do is just kind of get some financial literacy to to these athletes and just you know because at the end of the day I look at myself like I was I was I was a very good player but I couldn't stay healthy and so I, yeah. lost, I lost a lot of money but with some of the money I did make I would say that I, kind of, I probably could have done a lot better if I had yeah. some form of guidance with it man and I just I look back now at some of the decisions that I probably should have made and could have made if I had that you know avenue that yep. like you would probably have helped. No, for, for sure. Listen, um, I think, and, and I appreciate your honesty there. Um, you know, I'm you listen, um, uh, you know, me from the jump, I've always been interested in stuff outside of the field. Right. And, and I've made, I've made some decisions. I'm, I'm proud of, of the chances that I've taken. Right. I, I, I've started a small clothing company that, that kind of mm -hmm. got big and then stumbled on its face and we're starting to, to make a comeback now. Um, I too feel, feel that way about the mistakes that I made. And, and you said it right, you know, like rich people te teach rich, rich people, you know, that same kind of behavior. Yeah. And it's so true. And I think the one gift that I've gotten being part of the firm that I'm at now and starting the sports division is I'm just surrounding myself with people that have had success financially and they look at growing their wealth differently than just saying, I have a nine to five job. I'm going to work 40 hours. I'm going to just bust my butt and save my paycheck. The reality is that's not how you do it. Um, I respect that grind. I respect hard work. I mean, listen, that's what it, that's what it takes in the cage and in real life. Um, but that's not how you accumulate wealth. It's kind of similar to, you know, what you and I do when we're coaching kids on, on, on how to hit, like, yeah, there are some basics, but at some point you're have to gonna, you're have to gonna go beyond the basics to really take your game to the next level. Um, I think the hardest thing just quickly before we get in the baseball is I'm really passionate about this because I feel just like you. If I had the people that I work with every single day, if I had them in my corner, when you and I were teammates in AAA with the New York Mets, I would be far ahead of where I am today. Um, I'm trying to do, and it's not always so welcoming because people either say, hey, Ray, I'm good. I'm making enough money. I do what my mom and dad do. Or the opposite, people want to work with us, but they might be embarrassed that they may not think they're, they're where they should be. So what I'm trying to do is honestly, core. I'm trying to reach out to every single one of my teammates, players I played against, anyone who's in the game now, coaches, and build this community of baseball players saying, hey, listen, if you're going to bust your ass on the baseball field, let's let's make those dollars work for you as 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 hard as you're working on the field. And I would say, man, like you said it too, you're surrounding yourself by the people that, well, you're, you're surrounding yourself by the people that you want to say be like, you know, you're, mm -hmm. and I just, you know, we're always kind of the sum of those, you know, five people around us the group. Yeah. You know that you know, one of the best things that could have ever happened to me uh, in pro ball was when I, the year I got hurt, my first surgery. You know, I was in the major leagues. I had Greg Maddox and, and I think Brian Jordan was there and Chipper Jones was there and all these guys. And the next year I was on rehab. It was Gary Sheffield's and things like that. But one of the best things that probably could have happened is that I would have rehabbed with the team and I would have had a chance to really be around those guys. 24-7, and I had guys like Gary Sheffield giving me game. He's actually going to do a, uh, an interview here pretty soon. Let's go. So, but he would always just get give me game. Like, I remember the one thing he gave me one time, he goes, he was like, yeah, I'm getting ready to buy this house. Like, like, where? He goes, we're right next to Michael Jordan. He goes, I always try to figure out where he buys stuff. And he mm -hmm. goes, I figure if I buy it there, then my property goes up because Michael Jordan lived in the house. He would always just spread little bitty bits of knowledge because he was always like, you know, I don't let people hang because he kind of, you know, he came from a tough area. But he would always say things like, you know, the he'd always have people because he was popular that wanted to be around. Him. He said a lot of wealthy people wanted to be around. 
He says, so he wouldn't allow those people to be around him unless they showed him how to create wealth. Then you can hang yeah. out. So he's like, you're not just going to get to ride the fancy car and hang out. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, but a, a couple of cu- questions for you, man. So like, you've been through baseball. you played a number of years. you played AAA. You've been, you know, big league spring training games. I think you, you, you faced Mariano. I faced Mariano, yes, sir. Mariano, too. Hey, yeah. That's the first cutter I've ever seen come out of somebody's hand, like out of the hand. It just starts cutting. Bless oh. It comes away from Dealing with failure. How do you deal with failure, overcome failure? What are things possibly that you can say that helps you deal with those things? I know they probably changed over the years. Yeah. Um, great question. And core, they have changed over the years. I, yeah. I, I look at myself now and I still have a long way to go. You know, I, I still get fired up at times. I still got that same old, you know, younger Ray mentality where I just get pissed off when, when something happens, but I've also gotten a lot better in understanding, um, this it's, it's, it truly is never as bad as you think. Yeah. Number one, um, you're never as bad as your worst day. And that was one of my, my biggest flaws as a player was I could be having a great week, a great month, a great season. And then all of a sudden go for eight. And I'm, I'm telling myself that my world is falling apart yeah. and a terrible flaw and a terrible trait. And it's something that I'm telling my players now is sure you can care and you can show emotion that you're disappointed, but never tell yourself that you're no longer good at something. And I think More. now that I'm older, a lot more gray, I'm starting yeah. to take our days, um, a little bit better where I understand that sure. I may have gotten my ass kicked today, but it doesn't mean that I can't kick ass tomorrow. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, to be honest with you, you know, I'm not a, a doctor or a psychologist or anything, but I do believe I'm getting better at the mental game. I, I honestly think that comes with age. It comes with experience. It comes with wisdom. Um, unfortunately, you and I are getting a little older, but the good news about it, we've been around the block a lot. Um, we, we've played at, at some high levels. You, of course, at the highest of levels. Um, and I think even the most mature 15, 16, 17 year old boys that we're impressed by, um, no matter how good they get at their maturity, um, age and age and experience is just something that is only going to help that. And there's only, mm-hmm. o- only so much maturity you could have at a certain age without the experience. And I think you and I are probably products of, of learning some hard lessons and starting to learn that, you know, you need to handle them better if you want those hard times to, to be shorter than longer. Yeah. Well, I, I think coming up in baseball, I had to define what success and failure was different. Like when I deal with kids now, as far as like the, you know, the hitters and stuff like now it's, what do you think success is? A lot of times it's getting a hit. And to me, it's not always getting a hit. It's like, what have you been working on? all week? It's been trying to scat load all week. All right, cool. Well, you went this game, you might be over four, but the whole game you did this finally, that's success to me. Or did you yeah. hit all hard? Are you, is your myth, is your mentality different today? Or failure, or yeah, maybe you didn't get a hit, but what did you learn? And I think in baseball, because it's failure, in sports in general, it's a lot of failure in sports, but I think that, you know, taking what we can learn to get better from stuff, maybe a mishap or something like that, that especially things that we can't control is learning how to to build from those things and create that character. Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, I, I'll, I'll give you a quick example just, um, you know, about my, my career now in, in finance, wealth management, planning, you know, I made a career pivot in my forties and into that, into that industry. Right. So it was, uh, it was a a challenge from the beginning. And I remember they're very similar 
because it reminded me a lot when I got to spring training, you know, I, I, I had done well in high school and apparently I did well in college enough to sign a pro contract. You know, I was big man on campus. And then, you know, you get the pro ball and it's like, dude, man, you're, you're no man on campus because everybody here <laughs> now is. So, so I show up in this, in this financial world and people are pumping me up because they believe I might have one really, really mm -hmm. good gift, which is um, I have the ability to communicate and, and connect with people, which I mm -hmm. do believe, right? Yeah. The first three, six, nine months core, I couldn't, I couldn't land a client. I couldn't land a client and here I am, I'm married. I have a, a newborn daughter. I'm like, what is going on? Like, I'm terrible. I suck. I'm not smart enough. I can't do it. It's never going to happen. And one of my mentors at the office, who is one of the, you know, big time guys and has done very well and make a lot of money. He kept telling me, he's like, it's going to come. If you put in the work, if you believe in yourself, if you stay optimistic, if you keep going out there, very similar to if you don't get a hit your first at bat, doesn't mean you're bad. You might need five, 10, 15 to get going. Yeah. And I'm, I'm grateful that I listened to him because although I still have a long way to go and I'm building out the sports division and trying to convince people to give me a chance, year three is a hell of a lot different for me now in this world than year one. I have a long list of clients. I have people and businesses that believe in me. And now the word's getting out there. Hey, hey, listen, if you want to make some moves, you got to talk to Ray. It's mm -hmm. no different than baseball. And I think that's what's really hard for the young players to understand that if you had a bad tournament this weekend, it does not mean you're a bad player. Even if you have a bad summer season or, or a certain part of the season, it doesn't mean you're a bad player. Um, and that's where you and I sometimes lose some good players because they're just not there mentally to kind of outlast the obstacles, what I, what I say. And I think, um, like I said, our age, our age and experience now, I think has, has built us to have thicker skin to say, you know what, if I got my ass kicked today, I could show up tomorrow. Well, it's just, we live in a microwave age to where we, we feel that if we just show up and, you know, we punch the numbers and it's supposed, we're supposed to get warm, we're supposed to be good. As opposed to, you know, a lot of the guys don't enjoy the process or the struggle. And, you know, nobody wants to struggle, but at the end of the day, man, if you want to refine that diamond, it takes pressure. And yep. a lot of these guys think because you come to a couple of lessons and sometimes it happens that way. I had a kid last week, man, come in first time. And it didn't look good at first. It left nice. But went out there, a couple of doubles, man, it was nice. But then it's like, okay, we'll keep working harder. But it's just, we, you know, we have that era where also, too, they get gratification instantly because they have the social medias and things like yeah. that where they can post a picture of themselves in a uniform and automatically get that like and that comment of, oh, man, it's lit over here. And I'm like, yeah, you got to hit all week. Now, I'll give you a quick example, right? And, and maybe these conversations, you know, you and I were always staying in touch. Like maybe one of these days we're going to have to get our two, our two states or, or some of our players or teams to get together I, and play. Gotta come, you say I got to come speak with you, man. I got to come up there. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Here, here's what I give my players all the time, right? You're absolutely right. You know, I just said, if you had a bad weekend or a bad summer, it doesn't necessarily make you a bad player. But just because you had a good weekend or a good part of the season doesn't make, make you this superstar player that everyone's telling you on social media. I tell my boys all the time, and you know me, I'm, I'm, I'm Jersey boy through and through. I'm proud to be from Jersey. But I also tell my players, sure, be proud from Jersey, but just because you're good in your town or our county or half of the state, I promise you if we got on a plane and went down to Texas to play Coach Corey's boys, we're gonna right. probably get a Sometimes that's, I think that's some of the issues that our young players are going through now is there's so much gratification being mm -hmm. told to them, whether it's from mom or dad, you know, rightfully so, parents love their kids, or even coaches that may not be as honest as us. And now you have a kid that feels like he's Mike Trout. He's not putting in the Mike Trout work ethic, and he thinks he's going to be this all thing. And then when it comes push to shove, when he gets to high school or college, 
it hits them hard in the jaw and they're just not prepared for it. And I think that's one of the ways that I'm really trying to tell my players mentally is, listen, if you are good, you have a lot more work to do if you want to get to the next level. If you're not good yet, you're going to have to put in even more work to get good. Like the work never ends. And I think, I think this generation as compared to ours, I think they're having a hard time accepting that the work never ends, whether you're good or bad, you're going to have to keep going at a fast, fast rate or else someone's going to catch you. It's like they're looking for this in and they say, okay, I got it. I'm done. Like, no, it never, like there's guys in pro ball that are hitting like the seat, their seat is over. They're hitting next week. They're like, they're going to guys like me and you to hit next week. Like I remember guy from LSU to catch from LSU they won the whole championship I'm getting the call like hey I gotta work on this I'm like I already know you're like whatever you're ready let's do it but he's been we've been going back and forth you know for the past three months before the season was over what about hitting and things like that and the dude killed until he got hurt but I'm like the dude was hungry but that's a guy that understands that it just doesn't stop it doesn't stop I don't care I don't care what you do it doesn't stop till everything is over yeah, like even like with what we do, I mean, I go in every now and again just to create feels. I can I can take a couple swings. And I just 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 feeling it, even though yeah. I think I'm good at what I do. I'm like I got to figure out a, a different way to get this done because I'll sometimes like at night literally go to sleep and I'll think about certain hitters. And I'm like, yeah, that's crazy. Absolutely, you know, and 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 it's it's awesome that you said that because I'm very similar to that, you know, as a coach, you know, I'll do like today, I'm going to go, I have four hours of lessons today yeah. and then I'm going to come back and try to hang out with my wife and daughter. And I promise you, I'll be on the couch. She may be talking to me and I don't even know what she's saying. Cause I'm thinking about mm-hmm. one of my hitters who I'm saying, man, I got to figure out a way to get him going. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's, uh, I think what, what the young kids need to really need to hear and embrace, whether they're with you in, down in Texas, whether they're with me in, in, in Jersey, is the work never, never stops. Never. Um, it, it doesn't stop. I had a kid, you probably could appreciate this. I had a kid and, and I don't think he meant it to me, like me, like mean, but it is what it is. He said, yeah, but coach, right. You didn't get to the big leagues. And, <laughs> and response was, my response was, you're absolutely right. And I had a front row seat to the guys who did and nobody had that front row seat. Yeah. And I know for me to get that far, and if I don't think that you're working hard now at 13 and 14, you're you're never even going to get close to that, right? Like, so, um, you know, I think the kids, I think the kids that um, may listen to this, um, even the parents that are are in the journey with their kids, um, if they have an opportunity to work with somebody like you, train with you, whether it's in the cage or work on their mental game with someone like you, they need to do it. Like you said to start this interview, whether it's finance or baseball, you want to surround yourself with the people that have, have done. It and and you want to get to that level. If if you're saying that you want to get somewhere, and then we look and the four or five or ten people you're hanging out with isn't is not the kind of people that will get you there, you already know there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's. I always say all the time, like especially for these high school guys, like have some accountability partners, like have some guys that will hold you accountable. If whatever girl you're dating, or boy you're dating, whether it's softball girls and things like that. You know, if they're disappointed in you going to go to practice or get next to work, and it's probably not the person you need to be hanging out with. It's all a sacrifice. Like, I sacrifice many of spring spring breaks, many of parties, many of things like that, and just just to get drafted versus, you know, in pro ball. You know, and it, it's different in pro ball because, like, in off season, all your friends, when you, when you first start playing, they're all in college. So they're all gone. Yeah. So, like, yeah. it's really just you and everybody else is working on that. It's like, man, what is this? 
you know, you sacrifice, you lose a lot of friendships, you lose a lot of people that you thought were your friends and things like that. Yeah. Um, how would you, how would you ever evaluate whether you trained or worked hard? That's a good question, man. Um, that's a great question, especially for the timing. I'm sure you saw, right? Because um, what's cool is at least my last, at least my last season and my last series and last game I ever played, you and I were in the same stadium at the same field, right? So, so you saw, you saw how it that ended. That was the for last me. time you played. That was it, man. Man, I never, I never, I never laced up the cleats after that game, right? And you know, a couple times. You know, now I posted about it last week, and one of the things that I said, this is a great. Great question. Um, this is what, this is how I define success, at least for me, baseball wise. And I used to think, especially when I retired, you and I talked about this. After I retired, the first couple of years, man, you know me, like I'm a happy guy. Like no. I was actually, I was actually kind of down in the dumps for a couple of years, and and it didn't, it, it did impact my my life, in personal life, uh, dramatically, um, because I used to value myself as, oh, I'm Ray Navarrete, I'm the baseball player, that's my value, that's my worth, and. When the game came to an end for me, I went through this like little phase of, man, I must be worth nothing. Who am I? I don't even know what. Um, and I was down at my, you know, at myself, you know, that it came so close to the big leagues, but I didn't get there. But now after the years have gone by, don't get me wrong. If someone said, hey, Ray, do you wish you could have played and had one at that? Of course. But what I'm most proud of is this. Um, I grew up saying I was going to play professional baseball. Someone was going to make baseball cards of me. I was going to get to play in front of thousands of people in really cool stadiums and play against some of the best players in the game. Um, I believe I checked off all those boxes, but here's mm -hmm. the most important one. When I was really young, I told myself that I was going to play baseball for as long as I possibly could physically and mentally. Um, 10 years since I retired, I could honestly say I played the game as long as I possibly could physically and mentally. And I never look back and say, man, I had a little bit of gas left in the tank. Like, core, I, I emptied it all out. I was I was on one leg left. I, I couldn't do the things I used to. Um, there was nothing left in the tank. I think now as I'm raising my daughter and I'm and I'm I'm talking to a lot of these players that I coach and and a lot of people that are following me now on social media that are playing, that's my biggest lesson. Um, maybe your tank is only till 17 in high school. Yeah. Empty the tank. Maybe your tank is only 22 to college, empty the tank. You don't want to be our age and say, man, if I would have just given it a little bit more, because yeah. that will bother you. That will bother you forever. I never took, I didn't really understand baseball as a business at first. I forget like, I, again, I was 17. There's no social media. There was like any AOL that just came in and it took me <laughs> really late. It took me years to really even take baseball seriously. I mean, I had a crap. Yeah, in the yeah. I just, even then, and finally, I started, you know, dealing with, you know, went to the big leagues a little bit, had some surgeries, and I just thought that, oh, okay, I'm supposed to just go right back when I get there. I didn't really understand that, you know, things like value and, you know, being able to add to the team and, like, there's these people are either making money off of you or, or you're an investment. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't realize that stuff until, like, I was, shoot, 20, damn, almost late 20s, man. Like, yeah. when I was like, damn, this is a business. Like, I really got to. You know, I had, I think I got a release one time and I, then I had a surgery after that. And I was like, I retired twice before I even realized that. I was like, oh crap, it's like a business. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I didn't really take it that seriously until late. I just knew, I don't know. I guess, I guess the question for you is, I'm going to ask you this question first. Like, when did you know you were good? Wow. When did I know I was good? Um, when, like, like when, did, when did you know you were a good player? 
you know, you you might be surprised. You might be surprised at this, and I, and I think because we all have our own stories, right? Like, mm -hmm. um, I I think what I'm most proud of, and I think you probably could say you're proud of this. Is ready? You and I were complete opposite guys, right? right. Um, you worked your tail off to be really good, and some scouts thought saw you as a, a five tool guy. Um, I had to work my my tail off um to get opportunities because most people didn't think I I could play in college, right? And we kind of ended up. Um, at least one point in our career, we ended up in the same place as roommates and, and teammates at Triple room. <laughs> So um, I think when did I realize that I was good? Um, I think here's the here's the real honest answer. I think I realized that I was good at every level that I played when it was over. So mm -hmm. I don't think I didn't comprehend how good I was in high school until it was over and and I and my last game was done and I actually said, "Wow." I really did do all the things they they said or put mm -hmm. in the paper. When I got to college, I definitely wasn't good. Yeah. Um, worked my ass off, and I don't think I realized that I was good and I accomplished everything that they said until it was over. Yeah, and this can be said uh, of my pro career. I I don't believe that I believed I was good until my run at the end with the Ducks, when a lot of players like yourself and other guys that I I admired and I respected so much, like when I was towards the end, people were, you know, saying to me, man, what a career or, yeah. you know, you were one of the better guys I played against. Like, so for me, I think, I think it's important for people never to, to tap yourself on the ass too early and too soon. And, and, um, no matter what you think of yourself, um, although people are wrong a lot, I think if your peers, whether they're, they like you or want to go to dinner with you, if your peers respect you, um, in whatever industry you're in, if they respect you, um, you were good in some capacity. Yeah, I, I, I think I think the people around you will let you know. Yeah, I it took me really retiring and looking like I knew I knew a couple of things. I knew I was very fast. I could hit a ball a long way. Um, I knew I could hit baseballs. I knew I could hit average. I never really looked at myself. I always had this. Always had this trying to and you'll say this you won't believe this but my parents were always they're always stay humble stay humble so i never did really want to i never did really want to like celebrate my victories but i also, yeah. also knew deep down what i could do so i held a lot of things in emotionally that i really wish that i probably could have let out that i as i've gotten older now i think sometimes when you turn 40 all of a sudden man you can like randomly cry and stuff so like you like what like what's yeah. going on here <laughs> And like it did, it took it took a lot. It took some messed up stuff to happen to me too. After I retired, we talked about it last time, like divorce and things like that. Like to really like to understand, like oh crap, I've actually been hurt, or you know, yeah. things like that. Because I've never certain things have never happened. Like I've yep. never I've never had somebody hurt. I didn't yeah. care that much. You know, I've never had to deal with <laughs> retirement. You know, I've had yep. people things behind my back, but somebody you actually care about, like you know, okay. So, but as a baseball player, like I look back now and I'm like, okay, now that I teach baseball, I'm like, man, I was really doing this, this, this. I was like, when I, then I'm like, okay, I realized how to time a baseball. This game kind of easy. Mm -hmm. It just like the things that I learned late in my career, just the mental part, man, going out there and, and I'll use you for example, like you walked around with the, I hate to use the word, but swagger, like you had, you walked around with the swagger, but you just enjoy being at the field. Like, there's only a couple of guys, like I said, but you enjoyed being a baseball player. Like, yeah. you was, yeah, it was, you would think you were Cal Ripken out there, dude. It was awesome. <laughs> I'm just sitting here, like, I, I look back now, and I'm like, I'm, I'm, 
I've, I've become to appreciate that now as I'm older, I'm not playing anymore. But I'm like, you really enjoy being out there. Oh, dealing with guys. So, for example, spring training, you see guys out there fighting for position. Maybe a kid you think that might have more talent. He might be a little faster. Maybe have a better arm. How do you, I guess, how do you understand the competitor that's, the competitor that's inside you? Um, and how do you kind of overcome that? A guy that maybe more talented than you to outwork that guy. Yeah, um, I love it, um, and this is why I think I've, I've doubled down on my passion for coaching too, because I, I think because of my experience and my resume and, and, and how high of a level that I played, I can relate to the guys that are like super stud, you know, five tool, four tool, three tool guys that are going to college. But then I also can relate to the young kid who's like, Coach Ray, I just love baseball, and then I look yeah. at him, I'm like, God, he's got a long way to go. Um, I I think the secret to my success of being able to play out on the same field as guys like you uh, for a long, long time at competing was um, I never got too caught up in what the other person had over me. Mm-hmm. What I tried to really double down on was what, what is my strength and how the hell could I just beat him down with it? So if somebody, there were plenty of guys who had better arms than me. There were plenty of guys that were faster than me. And we all know there were a lot of guys that had more power than me, but as my career as I got older in my career, I turned out to be dropping just as many bombs. or <laughs> And I think it's because I knew one thing. And then we had this one common thread, right? We both love to hit. Yeah. I, I love to hit. And that was my thing. And I said to myself, well, I don't care if he's faster, if he's stronger, if he's got a better arm, he's just not going to hit like me. So what do I have to do to make sure that I'm the most consistent hitter far better than that person? Because, if my strikeouts are half, that means I have a better chance of running into a few more homers. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, if there's a few more homers on the baseball card, there's going to be a GM or farm director or an organization that's going to say, let's give Ray another chance. So for me, it was always, don't worry about your weaknesses, be aware of them and, and try to improve them, but double down on your strengths. Because if you do that, you might just get enough attention to get you on the next roster, the next team where a coach like you or I can help you maybe fix some of the flaws that you right. have. So, so for me, um, how did I overcome? How did I beat some of the some of the guys that were more talented? Um, I just doubled down on the stuff that I that I was really good at, and I think ultimately, um, you know, it, it was able to beat them out when when push came to shove. I always tell guys, man, and you'll probably say the same thing. We're in that era right now where everybody looks the same. Like all the kids dress the same. All the kids, you know, it's, it's, we know there's fads and things like that, but there's no, there's not much differentiating and all the kids are the same. When I ask kids all the time, I say, Hey man, like, you know, how do you, where you separate yourself from everybody else? Like what yep. do you have a school that all these other 10 guys that are 175 pounds, six foot, you know, a six, seven runner, you know, when do you have different they have? Mm-hmm. And a lot of guys can't answer. That. Yeah. Or a lot of guys aren't even looking to even try to figure that out because they're so bit too busy being like everybody else versus separating themselves from the pack. And yep. that's what makes, I would say us and guys that end up going that way is that, yeah, you know, we had friends and baseball and things like that. But at the end of the day, I watched you play. I watched a lot of guys play. Like it was, how can I beat that guy across the field all the time yep. versus what, what do these people think? Like I had to deal with that a long time. Um, I wasn't always the most mentally strong guy coming up. Again, young guy. Didn't, you know, I, I guess late in the career, we started having sports psychologists and things like that. 
And again, being around the Gary Sheffields, older guys that that helped me to, to think different, become a become a different player inside so we can manifest outside. But I wish I had more of that of mental coaching, uh, maybe some sports psychology. Like, do you think that I'm not sure if you ever had any, because I think we could both kind of retire at the same time, but like, do you think that sports psychology is good? It's something that you. Yeah. 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 Um, for sure. I, I, um, I actually was, was fortunate to be able to work with somebody in my senior year of college. Mm-hmm. Um, helpful. And I saw a difference when I, when I didn't have that kind of structure, my first two years of pro ball. And then towards the end, when I was with, uh, when I was out in Long Island, we had an opportunity to work with somebody and I, and I saw a significant difference in my last couple of years. Um, so of course too, if you have some of your parents that are watching this too, like, yeah, something like that is, is like an additional expense, right? And baseball is just getting more and more expensive. If for some reason that that's a resource that you have, I, I, I would lean on it because anytime uh, a coach or a player, especially young players mm-hmm. have that they could talk to express their feelings, just talk things out, maybe hear a different voice. Yeah. Um, helpful. I mean, think about, think about why kids are coming to you or why kids are coming to me. Sure. Uh, the parents believe that your career by itself says enough for me to send my kid for a lesson with you. Cause you're going to help my son hit. Um, but at the same time for every mom or dad that knows nothing about baseball. And I say that respectfully, I'm sure you've run into a couple of mom or dads that they do know, yeah. but that's your daughter. They don't want to hear it from mom or dad. Yeah. They want to you. So the same is same could be said for sports psychology. Like we've played with some coaches that are really good mental shoulders to lean on teammates that older, like you said, Gary Sheffield guys that can mentor. But sometimes we don't want to hear it from them. We want to hear it from someone who's in the space. So sports psychology, um, mental training, I think in today's game, I think at some point it's got to be part of, of, of the routine in some capacity. Um, it's just, uh, it's basically like giving yourself an edge. Listen, if you can step in the batter's box with the game on the line and people are yelling and screaming and, and you find a way not to freak out and your, your competition freaks out, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to fare a lot better in, in the end than that person. Yeah. You got to, you got to slow the game down and you can't yeah. get caught up in the moment. Um, my last few years, I would say playing, I know with the angels, they had a guy come in and I, I can't say I like the guy, but, he did give some guys some routines, breathing exercises. That I thought were pretty good. Like, remember Mark Trumbo, Hank Congress. You'll see Mark Trumbo a lot. Get the kick, get the, you know, bat box and yawn a lot to relax him a little bit. So, but I do think that it's gone the right direction. I'm actually now with the company called Hearts and Minds and, and the Focus Five Group, and um, we're doing actually free mental training. We have we're gonna have an app and everything right now. I'm actually gonna be in your area in January. I think in January. I actually want you to come see it. So it's going to be, um, I'll, I'll actually be speaking, but it's basically going to be a lot of um, mental coaching, talking about baseball, some biomechanics stuff. So yeah. I, man, I actually might get you to be a part of it. Let's go. I'm ready. I'm ready. Oh man, I'm ready. Yeah. So it's, you know, but I know that a lot of colleges now are, are hiring mental coaches because even out, I know the good thing about what we do as coaches, you know, we are coaches. A lot of times we're friends. A lot of times we're the second dad. A lot yep. of times we're with a big uncle, but sometimes in life with these kids, like sometimes you're the best, you're the only real voice they have. Yep. And yep. I know dealing with high school kids over the past few years that there's certain things about these kids, their parents will never know that I know. Yeah. Because they know, number one, I'm going to shoot them straight. They know some of my experiences. I'm pretty honest. Like I'm not, 
never going to be biased on one side. We've had, I've had kids come to me about sex and drugs and girls and all types of things. And it's never like, yeah, I don't do it. Or yeah, go do it. It's like, well, here, this, here's your options. You know, you got, this can feel really good, but this can, you, you have a baby here. This can happen. These are all the, the pros and cons. You know, baseball, this is what can happen. This is what can happen. That way, you, number one, you make them feel big enough to, to make their own decision. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're responsible for that. But then you give them the information. But a lot of times, like, that mental part of, of being a coach, you know, creating that, you know, creating that um, that character in their mind. Because I've had certain kids, like, I'll be like, hey, you know, who's the coolest guy you know? They're like, oh, well, you know, whatever the superhero is. I'm like, well, you got to be that guy. Yeah. I said, you being you, which is not a bad person, is not going to hit that base. But I said, yep. you're going to have to create this mentality of a hit to be because hitting is meant or sports mm-hmm. is meant. And anything you're going to do in life, I would say that's that's worth grinding for. A lot of it's going to be mental because you're going to have to create that person inside for it to actually make this. Yep. But uh, yeah. So you mentioned earlier that you know what you felt that why you were successful. I look at your life, dude. I look at you having a wife, you having, you know, children, and that's success to me. Like you, you lived out a life dream, but you literally come home to people that enjoy seeing you every day. Yes. Like you literally, you come home and I've seen it. Like you, success to me, there's multiple levels of success. I mean, you have business success. But as far as life success to me is like being able to come home to people that enjoy seeing. And yeah. that to me, I don't have that. So I guess that's awesome to me. Um, but I see, you know, being in the game of baseball, just in life in general, and over the past years, I've seen so many, so many things happen with families, but like being able to see friends of mine that have, you know, a solid wife, happy, smiling kids. You get to come home and go to work and take the kids to work. You're doing what you do. Like to me, that is the ultimate level of like life success. Because I feel like you as a person, the way you are, your demeanor, your attitude, your energy, are these things, are these things that you're going to constantly pass down epigenetically, genetically, all these things. And I think it's awesome, dude. Now, well, first of all, um, that me- that that means a lot coming from you, you know. Like like I said, I when we started, it, man. I watch it all the time. Every every time every time I see your face and we catch up, man, I'm o- I'm always happy. Um, it means a lot, and 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 you're and you're right. Um, I'm not gonna lie. Um, that is success, and and I'm saying that because I'm in two two spaces professionally that um people get caught up in success in different ways. Like mm-hmm. in baseball, it's I got a scholarship or I got drafted or I'm in the big leagues, I'm successful or, or in the financial world, I got guys coming in and out of the office that are like, Oh, have you seen my accounts? They're so big, both of which are great. And you and I have probably tasted a little bit of both at some point in our lives. Right. But the reality is, um, however big your account is and however high your batting average is, both of those can come crashing down at any moment and you can lose them. Um, but if you're, if you're able to build a life where, other people, other quality people are willing to share that life with you. Mm-hmm. And regardless if you have money in your wallet or not, are happy to see you at the end of the day, you are right. That is success. And I think that is part of the reason, Core, where, where, where I believe my life is changing. Mm-hmm. Um, people see, and I'll be the first one to say it, what I put on social media is 100% honest. Mm-hmm. 
you follow me on Coach Ray all day and you see me smiling and trying to be positive to my kids, that's not a show. That's real. Yeah. You also know that I, I can. Know that. So I know. I'm watching. I'm like, yeah. this is Ray. And I. Now, my personal social media, my Ray Digme stuff, if you see me hugging my dog and my daughter hanging out, that is real. But what I do want to say, though, is it's funny because I, I try to be as honest as possible. I hear people say to me, oh, my God, Ray, your life is like perfect. And what I want to remind people is no one's life is perfect. You know, the, the same wife and daughter that you're talking about right when my daughter was born was when the whole country, the whole world was going mm -hmm. through a tough time with COVID. And people don't realize that my wife lost her job and I lost my baseball job and Digby went from Bloomingdale to the basement. And, um, we had to move and we had to move back into her parents' house. And I'm a brand new dad in my forties saying, how in the world could I hit against Mariana Rivera? My clothes were in Bloomingdale's and I have to move back in with my in-laws for a few months. Right? So what I want people to understand is even that Ray three years ago, that was battling back. I was successful because to your point, I still had a wife and a, a newborn daughter and my dog Einstein that they didn't care if my shirts were selling or I had money in my wallet. They were just happy to see me. Yeah. So what I want people to really understand is success isn't how much money's in your bank account or how high your batting average is. It's do quality people and not just people in your household or, or your family. Do quality people, good people, good character people. Do they look forward to seeing you? Uh -huh. And if the answer is yes, then you're successful. And you said to me right now that you don't have that yet. But I do know that when you walk into a cage, you walk into a room, you walk into places, yeah. people can't wait to see you. Just like I couldn't wait to see you on the, on the stream. <laughs> on a phone. And that's success. And I can promise you this. I don't know when, if it's tomorrow, next month, next year, or when we catch up in five years, you will have that because oh. if you, Keep doing what you're doing. You keep doing what you're doing. You keep making a positive into impact. You keep helping kids. You keep keeping a smile on your face. I promise you this: the right person at the right time will show up. And the last thing before this is corny, and you're gonna laugh at this. <laughs> I first met my wife. Oh, this sure. Was, this was part of the reason I knew um, she was the one and was gonna help me make my comeback. I was complaining, core. I had just retired. Digby still didn't get in the Bloomingdale's yet. Thank God it, that was when things were really gonna, about to get exciting. And I was telling her when I first met her, I'm like, I'm 30 something, 37 years old. I no longer play pro baseball. My clothing company has been so close to hitting big and it still hasn't. I don't know if I want to do baseball for a living or if I want to do business. I should have been married. I should have had kids ready. Why don't I own a house? And this is in like the first or second date I was with her. And she said to me, trust the timing of your life. And ever since then, no ever way. since I went home that night and I said, of course, then I'm not going to, you know, I'll, I'll talk, you know, like guys. I was like, well, she's beautiful. She's young. Hey, she seems like a unicorn, dude. And she's a unicorn. And said, trust the timing of your life. And that's the one life lesson that I've, I really have learned for her from her because I still, I still say that to myself. Listen to me. I just had a client. I'm sorry if I'm rambling. No. A client, a client yesterday, Cora, we're like the same age, roughly same age. You're a little younger. This guy's in his low 30s, making X millions of dollars already, has five properties. His wife is beautiful. She had the little baby on the Zoom call. And I'm seeing at what his possible net worth and, and wealth accumulation can be by the time he's my age. And I'm thinking to myself, what did I do wrong? But going back to your mental game is that's where we have to stop ourselves and say, yeah. wait a minute. For all that he has, 
he may be looking at my social media or Instagram saying, wow, I, w- I, w- I wish I had something Ray had. So that's where we all have to learn as players, as coaches, as people is be grateful for what we do have. And if one of your boys or someone that you like or admire or care about has something that you want, reach out, learn, ask how to get it, and then work your ass off for it. Don't complain that you don't have it. Man, I'm going to let you go on that. That's, <laughs> but that's, man, I can't believe she said that. That's bad. Yeah. But you're right, man. But or it, that's awesome. I need to, uh, we need to get on a live here pretty soon. Talk to me. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm going to say, and I say why very quickly. So for, for anyone who's listened to, uh, coach Corey's podcast right now, this it's been awesome. Um, if you guys will be interested, we're going to have a, a coaching conversation. I'm going to do it on my end where we talk hitting. And this is why we won't get into it for the record on this podcast. I know in my heart, you're one of the greatest hitters I've ever seen in person, live a teammate against ever. Right. I think it's fair to say that we both respect and admire each other's careers, but it's also probably safe to say that we probably have a different outlook or approach to how to hit. Right. And I think that is what's important to baseball coaching is it's okay to have different perspectives that could lead to the same successful result. And I think today we're seeing a lot of coaches button heads and wanting to fight and, and bounce like man. It's, it's crazy. Toxic out there. It's crazy. I get caught in the middle, man. Maybe I think because I, I played a while. When I first started this, when I first when I first started the hitting thing and I got on Twitter, I already go on Twitter anymore. It's bad. Yeah. But you have guys like going back and forth. You know, you got to get the barrel here. You got to do this. And they're like, they'll text me and put me in the conversation. What do you think? And I'm like, dude, look, is yeah. your block? I'm like, is your, are your guys hitting? They're like, yeah. Are your guys hitting? I'm like, well, why do you care what these guys think? Yes. Like, yeah. At the end of the way, at the end of the day, there's a really good chance. There's a really good chance it's all going to look the same at some point. Yeah. Like, yeah. Whatever, because we get, we get hung up on terminologies and fields. And if I tell you, like Josh Hamilton, I remember he used to try to think, dig his elbow into his ribcage. Well, to your average person, that's stupid. But for him, yeah. you get 50 hours. So, exactly. You know what I'm saying? But I, you, know, you get, there's a lot of guys, I'm not going to call any names out, but there's, there's a guy, older guy that played the big, it's crazy to me because he played the big league. This guy just spends all day just bashing dudes online. And I'm like, and I'll yeah. watch it. I watch him teach it. I'm like, it's trash, but it's like a typical pro ball teaching. But, yeah. but I mean, if this guy's here, he is. I mean, I don't, but yeah, it's, you know, there, there's, I have, I don't really have one way to do it because I know that I can't teach what I did to certain guys. Everybody learns differently. Everybody thinks differently. So I know that I've got to kind of meet the kid where they're at. Yes. And if that do that because certain guys are literal, I can be like, hey man, keep the brill up. They're like, okay. <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> But yeah. I can meet the kid kind of where they're at. Um, this is like even in real life. I gotta do that with all kids, man. Gotta be better. Yeah. But well, last last I'm sure you probably want to go. Last thing you just said it, right? Meet the kid where they're at. And yeah. I couldn't agree with this this is this is what I like to say, right? Um learn learn where you are. Really? And I mean by that is learn where you are is this and, and maybe and, and I'm proud of how I my style of coaching but I always acknowledge this when you and I were in high school you know you got drafted you were a badass early right but mm-hmm. let's say you wanted to go to college right well if you're in high school you say hey mom and dad or coach I want to go to college well in order to go to college you have to graduate high school at least that's kind of the thought process right and if you were in college and said hey 
I want to be a doctor. You can't just leave college and be a doctor. You have to go to med school and then you got to do your res residency and then you have to be a doctor. So what I like to say about hitting is this. Well, maybe Coach Corey, he played in the big leagues with the Braves and he got a hit with the Angels and he did all these things and yada, yada, yada. Okay. Well, maybe you're in New Jersey with me and you don't even know how to hit off of a tee. Well, how I'm going to teach you are the basic fundamentals of how to hit off a tee, how to put that on the ball, have some confidence, start dropping some balls in the gap. And if you get to that med school level, well, then there's Coach Corey and the next coach and the next coach. I think what's happening in the coaching community is everyone's trying to teach the highest level where we could help each other out and say, hey, mm -hmm. listen, well, this guy specializes in this and this yeah. guy specializes. And collectively, that player can be a badass. But the problem is, I think today coaching, and this does go to the mental aspect, even for parents, we're convincing parents that they have to pick sides, and that's not necessarily how it should be. It should be, we all agree on the basic fundamentals. We want to teach your son to be physically and mentally strong, yeah. and when he's ready for the next level of hitting, there's a guy waiting for you for that. That's that's kind of how I look at it, um, and unfortunately, it's got a little crazy out there. That's you know, that's that's just how it is. I agree. I see there's certain guys that you, like, you get little kids, you know, with them, they're really good, and then, like. You know, once it gets to that high school, college level, it's like, uh, but they know that. And everybody has a everybody has a limit of what they know. And just in baseball in general, like I'm never gonna, I can help a kid, you know, field ground balls, but I know at some point I gotta send you over there. Yes, I get, and that's and that's what makes a good coach. Ready? A good coach understands and acknowledges and will be willing to do it. A bad coach, even if even if he knows his stuff is unwilling to relinquish anything. Okay. And to me, that's a bad coach. A good coach is able to say, hey, hey, Johnny, I got you here. I'm so proud of our progress. Hey, I'm sending you to Coach Corey. Mm -hmm. That's, to me, that's the way coaching should be. Um, but that's for another conversation. <laughs> well, man, as usual, it's good to see you. Uh, we'll get this. Yes, I'll give you some more information on the... Uh, the convention thing that we're doing in, in New Jersey, uh, I think it's New Jersey, up in your area. Yeah. And um, kind of keep you abreast on that because I definitely have to get you involved too. Um, yeah, let I'm lining you. Make some information. Make some money. Too. I need some money, dude. <laughs> oh, well, listen, I, I know we're recording two things. Number one, for the record, please keep me posted on, on that event that you're doing here in Jersey. Um, however, I can help, whether it's just me coming to support or if you need my help in any capacity, I'm already, count me in, I'm in. Um, but also, too, man, listen, uh, the player's plan finances um i'm trying i'm trying to build a i'm trying to build i'm calling it a roster not a client list a roster yeah. of, for teammates and players i'd love to have a conversation with you man i think we could i think we could probably show you how to do some big thing, things down there in texas that's what i need all right man yes, sir. let's do it all right big dog all right see you core all the best peace